Happy New Year, everyone. We are finally here. 2021 has arrived and no better time to look back at 2020, what we've learned and what to take forward moving to 2021. We're untangling financial issues. Welcome to Your Finances Untangled with Mo Parag. Hopefully you can tell from this conversation that I am I, I take things very seriously, but I'm laid back. Mo is a financial advisor and partner with Cloudvestor. You may want to do some reallocations based off how you're currently invested. This podcast addresses financial issues for all ages, from those just starting out up to retirees. It's Your Finances Untangled. Untangling your finances. Hey, welcome in to the podcast. Consumer advocate Dave Perkins here with Mo Param of Cloud Vesters. Mo Param is all about building of the plan for you, whether you're just starting your your, your financial trajectory. And that's a tough word to say, trajectory. <laughs> uh, <laughs> or even uh, in your trajectory through retirement. Mo, happy hey. new year. Happy new year. 2021 is here. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. I am. I'm feeling good. I'm. I'm actually, and I'm. I really mean this. I'm trying something where I learned. I somebody showed me a documentary called The Secret, and okay. it had a lot of celebrities. I think it was even Oprah talking about what is the secret. And supposedly, you say, "I am going." I mean, it could be as simple as you wake up in the morning and say, "It's going to be a good day," mm-hmm. and I do that, and it is a good day. And you can, you also can apply that towards, I can see me having this, right. not to say that it just magically appears, but I think it's a kind of a mind over, not mind over matter, but you got your mind right towards something and you yeah, can I make it happen. I agree with that. You know, uh, it's, it's all about looking at life through different lenses, right? So yeah. if you, if you, if you have negative thoughts about yourself or the world or, you know, um, your job situation, your finances, whatever it is, then you you color your lenses. Yes, so exactly. you start to just look for the negative, right? You just uh-huh. look for all the bad uh, things to confirm. It's like almost about confirmation bias, right? It's almost yeah. you just want to confirm what your beliefs are. Mm-hmm. But if you say to yourself, you know, I'm going, I'm going to have a great this. day today, right? right? So right. even if even if it's raining outside and you hate the rain but you know what the rain meant that maybe less people on the road so you got to your office a little faster so exactly you're like hey i got to work 10 minutes earlier right and, so you and, just exactly. look at the world in different lenses and and i think it you can take it further and you could say i in a, in a year i can see myself here you know and in, mm-hmm. in, in a better situation that doesn't mean you don't work for it because i truly believe you still have to put in effort for it <laughs> but i guess that that was i am saying that about this year this is going oh, okay. to be a good year oh this is going to be an amazing year i'm mm-hmm. calling it right now okay this is good be a great year there's so much that we have looked forward to and so much that we've learned well hopefully we've learned from 2020 that we can use what we've learned you know change our filters if our filters are are negative mm-hmm. and uh, and and understand that 2021 is make 2021 your best year so far uh, let's I don't do want to it. say best year ever. Make it your best year so far. I like it. I like it. Yeah, and that means 2022 could even be better the way you just phrased it. The best. Yeah. Not, not the best year ever. The best so far. Let, let's stay on that theme for the whole sure. year on the podcast. 
It's going to be a good year. We're going to look back a little bit at 2020. We don't want mm-hmm. to stay on it too long. Everybody's <laughs> glad it's gone. But um, we're going to look at lessons learned in the financial universe, and then we're going to look at going forward uh, how we can make this a good year financially mm-hmm. and maybe some of the new uh, norms. I almost hate using that term, but the new norms <laughs> of the financial world. Well, let's let's start with 2020. A real quick look back. What were some of the major lessons learned? Oh, 2020. Again, we'll make it real quick, right? So mm-hmm. 2020, we saw um, how the market and how the, the 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 global society as a whole was completely rocked by an unforeseen pandemic. Mm-hmm. And that impacted um, not, not just the markets, um, that impacted uh, one's job security, one in, one's income, one's health, traveling, freedoms. Um, you know, there were a lot of things that 2020 showed us and exposed us, exposed us to. Um, and what we saw was we, we saw a market that decelerated faster than in history. Mm-hmm. You know, over a course yeah. of a few weeks, the market mm-hmm. went down over 30%. Scary. You know, scary. You know, I, I can look back nine months ago and almost 10 months ago and clients were, and myself too, was trying, we're, we're, we're trying to figure out, okay, what's happening? Because mm-hmm. when things are decelerating that fast, you know, it's hard not to panic. And clients are, are looking at us as, uh, uh, you know, kind of talking them off the ledge, right? Holding right. their hands, counseling them. And, uh, but, you know, this is something that was unprecedented. You know, I've, I've been doing this for a while. I've been doing this since 2004. And so I saw the 2008 recession. You know, I saw... Uh, uh, was this you know, scarier? I, I saw, was this was this was, you know, I think this was scarier because uh, it was a health crisis, right? Yeah, you know, it wasn't a a a function of financial collapse of companies or more or banks that were just over leveraging themselves or people, you know, over leveraging their own, their own selves and their finances. Mm-hmm. This was a, a, a pandemic, which I've never, ever, obviously we've never gone through a pandemic, yeah. pandemic before, but this was a health concern. You may health... think I'm old enough to have been alive in 1918, <laughs> but <laughs> I wasn't. Uh, <laughs> but no, yeah, I get so it. It's kind of the unknown, isn't it? We didn't know. We did. We, at least in 08, we knew the mechanisms that could be used. Right, right. But this was, you know, how do we stop a a health crisis entering our world? Yeah. So, so that was that was scarier, you know. So, and then you know, and, and then for me also, you know, sixteen years in doing this, uh, you know, we had clients. Uh, I have more clients now than I did back in two thousand eight. So, the impact was for more families than I had than I'm uh, than I'm advising. So. It was scary in that aspect, but you know, for us, our our job is to be is to is to you know take the emotions out, mm-hmm. go back to the fundamentals, but in actually, but in actuality, go back to the plan, right? Yeah. Go back to our plan, and we always keep our plans, and we say it all the time. When we create financial plans for our clients, we keep them flexible enough so that we can pivot, so we can uh, change courses, to change directions in our plan when new information is provided. And that new information could be positive information like uh, you're getting married or 
you're adding a new addition to your family, but it also could be when there's significant negative information like you've lost your job or we're seeing this type of deceleration in the market. So we, we, we went back to the plan, right? We went back to the mm-hmm. plan and started to figure out what we needed to do to keep our client, our clients on pace for their goals. So, so 2021, I think, what's uh, oh, our 2020, what we, what we should have learned um, is that having a plan can help you um, at ease when, when, when the unforeseen happens. Yeah, and if I you like can go that. back to your plan, you could understand and see how we need to make, what adjustments we need to make in order to survive our current situation. Well, that's a good lead into where we're going then. We'll look at how we're going to maybe do things differently in, in 2021. How COVID-19 possibly altered the course of future financial planning. And in a lot of ways, we're going to, of course, incorporate lessons learned from 2020. Let's look at the the ever more importance of having an emergency fund. You know, it's unfortunate a lot of people in a very in very sad ways uh, learned or regretted having an emergency fund. They were put in a situation mm-hmm. where they didn't have enough save for emergency or they had to um, take advantage of what the CARES Act allowed, and that's pulling money penalty-free from the 401k or IRA. But then they may have missed out, um, Mo, from the rapid recovery on Wall oh Street. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Can you believe that? Yeah. yeah. So... You know, I think 2021, one of the lessons learned was the the importance of having an emergency fund. And I think 2020, 2020 sorry, 2020, that's what the lessons were learned. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there was a study that came out in April of, of 2020 that said about 23% of low-income households had an emergency fund that would, you know, last them uh, three months, right? Mm-hmm. And that is a very low percentage. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It, it is. And as unattractive or as boring or, you know, gosh, mom, grandma, do you have to keep telling me about when you were younger and you just save, save, save? <laughs> there's a reason why. Right. Because emergencies happen, right? And and we couldn't have seen and saw what what uh, what would have shaped what, what shaped out to to us in 2020. Mm-hmm. So the so the ability to know that those that did have emergency funds, uh, at least for some part, were, were 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 glad that they did that. Glad that they made the commitment to save, whether it was five percent, ten percent of their of their income, and literally just park it in the bank, park it in a savings account or a checking account somewhere where it was literally available to them, not in the market, but available to them in, in case of an emergency. Yeah. So, you know, there were people, you know, that were, uh, again, 23% of lower income uh, households said they had that ability. So what did the other 77% do, right? Who what knows did, yeah. what they did. But because of the CARES Act that went into effect, it changed uh one's ability to take withdrawals from their 401ks and IRAs. And so the, the CARES Act allowed individuals to take up to a hundred grand out of their IRAs and 401ks without the pre without the 10% penalty uh, for early withdrawals. Now you got to pay the taxes within three years, mm-hmm. but if you if you did that, then you know you don't have to worry about the uh, uh, the, pre- the the penalty, but if you think about it, you know your four hundred one k your IRA isn't really isn't should not be a fund to break glass in not case a piggy of emergency. Bank. Yeah, not a piggy bank. This is your retirement account or your retirement accounts, and so this is the, 
but unfortunately, some people had to go and break that piggy bank because mm-hmm. they didn't have enough available for them, uh, liquid available to them at all. Yeah. So I think in 2020, and hopefully what people learned in 2020 was that the the ability to to have cash on hand, mm-hmm. not invested, completely shielded from the market, literally, even if it's earning zero, earning nothing, even right? Even then, yeah. The, even then, this is the ability to be able to tap into those funds in case of an emergency. Where can you put it, pay- though? What is a good, where, where you can get your hands on it immediately, but maybe you could do something for you. So, you know, you have your money market accounts, high interest savings accounts. Uh, I like high interest savings accounts because, again, it still gives us the ability to have access to the funds. But, you know, um, I put air quotes around the word high interest because my personal high interest account uh, two years ago was at Uh 2.1%. And as of uh, two weeks ago, maybe it's down to 0.5%. There you go. Right. Yeah. Interest rates have been awful. For the last few years, uh, so which is good for those looking to borrow money, yeah. you know, for a mortgage mm-hmm. or looking to refinance, but bad for those who are looking to get some type of uh, earnings or yield from their savings account. But mm-hmm. still, at the end of the day, I'm not looking at my savings account or high interest savings account as a place to build wealth. Right. I'm looking at it as a place to, in case of emergencies, I have the funds there available to me. So what do you so, say a three, I mean, what, what do you recommend having in there? You, three, four, five, six months? You know, it depends on the individual and depends on the, on, on the clients. You know, if you are single, you know, I think your, 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 your minimum should be three, three months of your expenses. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're married or, or, you know, or have a child, then I would increase that to at least six months. Okay. But with the new economy now, you know, I, I, it wouldn't be hard for me to say that maybe, maybe we should even increase that to to nine months. Mm -hmm. Right. So if you're single six months and if you're married or have a child or, you know, you're, you're financially responsible for somebody, then, you know, nine months. We don't know how long these emergencies can last. We just don't. Last. We don't. We just don't know. Yeah. Uh, but but at a certain point, you know, having too much cash on hand, you know, we miss out on opportunities for growth. But at the end of the day, just being able to have that cash in case of emergency is huge. It's very important. And, uh, and most mm-hmm. definitely one of the big lessons learned from 2020 and going forward, we'll probably all have, well, not all, but you'll see more people with stronger emergency funds. Let's look at health care now, managing health care. Another lesson learned because 2020 was a health care crisis. Unlike 2008, mm-hmm. it was a health care crisis that affected the financial world. And then it also drove the point home and not to say that this is a flawed system because it does work, but the majority of people uh, pre-Medicare age, their health care coverage is tied in with where they work. And when the, unfortunately, a lot of people lost their work in this. Yeah. 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 Some people lost their, 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 their employment, which at some, at some point, maybe they've lost their health insurance coverage. Yeah. Right? So um, rethinking how to manage health care costs. Uh, again, in my opinion, should should have should be highlighted and lessons learned moving forward. So there's there's one thing I, I see a vehicle that is uh, I think is completely typically overlooked, and it's a HSA, which is a health oh, savings yeah. account. Oh yeah, man, that is great. <laughs> I, I see those overlooked, you know, 
often, whether it's, and what, well, for those who don't know, HSA is a health savings account. So it allows you to put funds and save for healthcare needs on a pre-tax basis. And uh, you can actually invest these funds, right? So mm-hmm. if you, you know, put two grand in there, you can dictate how, there's some parameters you have to follow through because every plan has different options you can choose from, but you can actually invest that money. Um, if you know for a fact you're going to go through $2,000 because of your child or, or any of your current healthcare costs, then maybe just keep it in cash because you know you're, gonna, you're, gonna, you're going to use it. Mm-hmm. But again, you're, you're able to save pre-tax. The, the account grows tax deferred, so you don't pay any taxes on it. And as long as you use the funds for a qualified health, co- uh, health need, uh, medical expense, then it's, uh, it's pre-tax. I mean, sorry, it's tax-free. So again, it's, a, it's almost a triple tax savings when it comes to, or tri- triple tax advantage when it comes to saving. But you know, a lot of clients are overlooking it. You know, you have to have a high deductible insurance plan to even be to have an HSA. Mm-hmm. But I think what it, what I think what what uh, what we should learn from 2020 is that you know, health our health is a is is an asset, right? Yeah. And if we can't wake up every morning and generate an income for our families uh, or start saving then because of our health, then that can impact us, you know, moving forward to the point where, you know, uh, you could be in a position where you lose your job. And now how do you, how do you worry about your healthcare costs? Or how do you save for your healthcare costs? So one thing that if you do have a health, uh, if you have a high deductible savings account, uh, sorry, if you have a high deductible insurance account, uh, with your employer, then you may want to look and see if you have the HSA. And if you do, think about can you carve out some of your income to start saving in your HSA? You know, even if you're younger, I mean, at the end of the day, even if you never use your HSA, guess what? When you're 65 years old, what you've been doing is just saving, right? You've just been saving and saving and saving. And now at 65, you can use this as another form of, of asset or income um, for um, your retirement needs. So over, I think the HSA has been overlooked by a number of people. How can you enjoy the best of both worlds in your financial planning? The convenience of a virtual relationship with your advisor, but also maintaining the human touch. That's CloudVestors. That's CloudVestors.com. They're an endorsed Dave Ramsey SmartVestor. That's a relationship you can trust. At CloudVestors, you get a personal relationship with one of the team advisors who will help you build a robust investment strategy. It's all about specific, customized planning for your unique situation and for wherever you are in life, whether you're just starting out or getting close to retirement. Holistic financial planning in all areas, including taxes, estate planning, insurance, cash flow, and budgeting. They even offer customized personal websites for clients. The technology of today while still maintaining that human touch. That's CloudVestors. That's CloudVestors.com. Your finances untangled with Mo Param. We're taking a look at 2020. We're not looking back too much because nobody really wants to look back to 2020, <laughs> but just some lessons that were learned and then how we can uh, take the lessons learned and apply them towards uh, maybe a little bit different practices in 2021, but definitely for the better. You, you closed out on HSAs. I just had one follow up on that uh, because we talked about 
if you have a high deductible uh, insurance of coverage at work plan from your work, what if you're on your own and, and you say so you're out and you get your own shopping around health care coverage and you choose high deductible? Does it make more sense to go high deductible for lower premiums and then establish the HSA? You know, it's it's a good it's a good question, and it's a, it's it, it's all about you know uh, cash flow, right? Yeah. So um, usually, if you have a higher deductible, that's what it means. You have a high deductible. So if you ever do have any healthcare uh, health needs or medical needs and medical expenses that come in, your higher deductible now your out of pocket is higher than it would be if you had a lower deductible, but you're paying uh, more on a monthly basis for your health insurance. So you kind of weigh out your odds, you know, you kind of weigh out, uh, but that's a good hedge, right? If, yeah. you're, if you're thinking of ways to maybe hedge, uh, understanding that your cash flow, your monthly cash flow, you don't want to maybe just put it all into health healthcare uh, premiums and maybe you just get one physical year and you say to yourself, man, I could have saved, you know, $200 a month instead of just putting it into a health insurance premium that I'm never going to get back. Kind of a case so at by least case that, in that. Then, case really. by case. It's all part of planning. Yeah. Um, but, you know, another thing that the HSA does is allows us to look at ways to fund long-term care insurance. Right, right. And so that's another thing. I mean, 2020 showed us that, you know, th- there could be certain ailments that impact, uh, that severely impact those that are uh, unhealthy. Mm-hmm. Sorry, uh, I won't say unhealthy. Those that have, you know, uh, uh, that could be older mm-hmm. and those that could have some type of medical ailments, right? Uh, these, these viruses or can, can impact them more than one that's a little more vulnerable. Yeah. More, more, more vulnerable. You know, there's, yeah. there's a population that's more vulnerable and susceptible to, to viruses or, or to sickness. And so uh, a long-term care uh, is something that could impact those as we get older. And so the HSA is another way that we can use um, this, this, the savings account, this health savings account, to pay for long-term care premiums, yeah. right? So it's another, again, another way, another, uh, it's almost like a, um, what do you call those things? Swiss Army knife, right? right. It's a Swiss Army knife <laughs> yeah. that can, that can help us on multiple, uh, multiple strategies. I'm telling you, it is, the, it, it is a Swiss Army knife, and I, I've mm-hmm. never heard anything bad about health savings accounts. Moving on to uh, planning early retirement, uh, because of 2020, and a lot of people were really forced into early retirement, ushered mm-hmm. to that door of early retirement. <laughs> and I'm wondering if a lot of people are saying, you know what, I, I'm... I'm not going to let that happen to me. I want to be in charge. I'm going to go ahead and accelerate the retirement course, and I'm going to early retire. Do you think you'll see more of that now? You know, um, it depends. You know, the, the has has this situation that we've that we were in, and you know, in some aspects still in. You know, if you if if you haven't planned for retirement, even if it wasn't an early retirement, if you haven't saved, if you haven't planned for retirement, does this wake you up? Mm-hmm. You know, does this wake you up and say, man, I need to get, I need to get going. I need to start looking at my income and understanding that my income is, you know, is, is not as, is not as stable. It's not as comfortable as it could have been before. Cause any, you know, disruption in your employment or in the business structure can, can, make this be your last day at work. Right. Yeah. So if, as we're the security that some people had with their incomes 
uh, and thinking that, well, you know, I'll have, I'll keep working for the next 10, 15 years, and then I'll get to savings for retirement later. Maybe this last, uh, what, what, we're, what we're going through right now and what last year showed us is that, you know, time is precious as well as our current income status or, or employment status is precious as well. So can we maximize while we while we still can our earnings, our savings? I mean, our ability to generate an income. So we could make, so, make it a little earlier if we just maybe make it a little earlier or get you know get going. Yeah, you know get um, going what this what what we've seen with COVID is that there was a disproportionate effect on older workers. Mm -hmm. You know, in 2007, 2009, we saw that many older adults, you know, kept their, uh, the job market was, was a better market for them at that point versus the younger, uh, uh, counterparts. Yeah. But this, this in COVID, we saw that it was, it really impacted those that were 55 and over. And so, you know, unfortunately, you know, at 55, 60, if you haven't saved enough for retirement, you might not be able to retire early. You might be forced to retire early, right? I mean, you may be forced to continue, to continue working longer. Working, yeah. um, but if you are fortunate enough to still, you know, be young, young enough, have time on your hands, maybe this does show that, hey, I want to spend more time with my family. I don't want to keep, I, I want to really just jumpstart uh, my my retirement planning. So whether it is playing catch up, you know, the IRS does allow us to play catch up after the age of 50, as far as increasing our IRA contributions, as well as our 401k contributions. So maybe we look at maxing that out, you know, it seems to be uh, a whole different mindset now. And I don't know, maybe sandwiched somewhere between um, Gen X and, and millennials, uh, this thing of, you know what, I, I just I don't want to be Ward Cleaver. And, and, you know, go off to, I want to be retired. I don't know, this whole fire movement. It, it seems yeah. like it's catching on. And I don't know if that's going to be, because that's actually an odd dynamic because we are living longer. So if the fire movement catches on, that means people could be retired 50 years. <laughs> right, right. You know, 50 years. So think about that. You'll probably be retired, if, if that's the case, right? You're yeah. probably going to be retired longer than you've actually generated an income. An income. Right. So think I mean, about trying to end? save for that, you know, <laughs> uh, but, you know, we saw, we saw clients that were, were forced with the decision of, you know, our plan, we were planning to take social security at a certain age. Yeah. Now, you know, we had to revisit and see, does it make sense for us to maybe start taking social security earlier than we expected? Yeah. Right. Um, do we take pension payouts and buyouts? Um, do we take uh, severance packages? You know, there, there, was, there were a lot of things that uh, as a retiree or, you know, pre-retiree were, were looking to, were faced with in 2020 that they had no idea they were going to be faced with, you know. Um, and so, so revisiting your financial, your retirement plan, uh, again, whether it is starting one, right? If you, right. If you haven't started one, let's go ahead and start one. Yeah. Challenge yourself to a savings goal. You know, we like to have our clients at a minimum save at least fifteen percent of their of their uh, of their income, mm -hmm. gross of their gross income. If you can save fifteen percent of your gross income, now what, that's not saving in your savings account. I'm talking about saving for retirement. Mm -hmm. Now, whether that's your four hundred one k, four hundred three b, IRA, yeah. combination of two, Roth, you know, some type of combination. If we can push you, force you. Uh, to to strive for that fifteen percent number, 
Now, does everyone do that? No, you know, you maybe you have some debt you need to pay off, and maybe that's another thing that twenty twenty taught us is oh, the, yeah. the ability of what the the inability to move forward when there's a lot of debt. On oh, the did it ever? Yeah, yeah, man. Uh, so, um, so yeah. So again, we, for retirement planning, that's something that we we we're looking at. We're trying to encourage our clients to get to that fifteen percent. I tell you what, I am destroying debt. I am the debt terminator now there from twenty twenty one going forward. That is my goal. That's one of those things. Speaking of the secret, I see that happening, and I'm going to make it happen. Hey, we only have a few minutes, and we actually sure, do a whole sure. hour podcast here on this last thing. But um, how how are we? You know, you've got thirty. <laughs> seconds here mo how are we rethinking our investment strategies <laughs> no you have more than 30 <laughs> seconds i'm kidding <laughs> uh you know we, we should be looking at revisiting our our investment strategy you know if you think about what, what how the world was before 2020 right so 2019 and for, you know for the last 10 years before that you know so 2009 and 20 2019 to the end of 2019 we were in a, as far as investments are concerned, right? Mm. The market was, the market was humming. Yeah. You know, the market was cooking and there were a lot of, you know, thoughts and analysts saying that this can't, this can't last. There's gotta be some type of pullback, but there were just, the market just continued to, to, to uh, fledge forward. And I think the idea of risk and one's ability to manage volatility I think was was lost over the last ten, mm-hmm. or last ten years. You know, yeah. What's there's no such thing in it as far as too as, as too risky, right? If everything's going up, right? If so, <laughs> did for so long, so, for so long. So those that were conservative when it comes to their investment um, strategies, or moderate when it comes to their investment strategy, or balanced, whatever it may be, they saw returns typically that were outside of those normal constraints, right? So all of a sudden, the idea of taking risk was, in my opinion, that I saw was, was, of course, I'm going to get double digits returns, right? And yeah. that, that was the mindset. Of course, I'm always right. going to, my account always going to grow. Of course, that's going to happen. Yeah. I think 2020 showed us that, nope, volatility is real. Of course, right? a bluebird's going to land on my shoulder and it's going to be another <laughs> great day on Wall Street. <laughs> uh, volatility is real. And all of a sudden, those, those that saw their accounts take 15, 20, 30% hits over the course of a few weeks. Yeah. All of a sudden, yeah. volatility and risk became forefront of their minds, oh, right? Yeah. So the idea of uh, so revisiting your strategy is your investment strategy is really understanding, I think it starts off with risk. What is your ability to to absorb risk? 30% As, if it happens, right? Looking at right. worst case scenario. Worst case scenario, what is your ability to manage risk? And what I mean by that is, let's not look at the positive. Let's not look at the market goes up 10%. Mm-hmm. Let's look at what happens if the market goes down 10%. If you lose 10% of your asset value in the course of a quarter, mm-hmm. three months, mm-hmm. How would that make you feel? Right. Realistically, how would that make you feel if you had a hundred thousand and all of a sudden you looked at your statement again and you're down to ninety? How does that really actually make you feel? Can you absorb that? Can type of you risk? absorb it? Great question. Uh, you should ask can, yourself. Yeah. You should ask yourself that, right? Because think about it, you need more than a ten percent return to get back to square one. 
you know, 10% return from, from dropping down from 100,000 to 90,000, a 10% return is only, only brings you back to 99,000. So you actually need more returns to get back to square one. Exactly. So, yeah. so can you manage risk? Because uh, I can tell you as your advisor how much risk you should take. Mm-hmm. Uh, how much you have I to tell me how, how much <laughs> <laughs> you as as a client you tell me how much risk you can take right. how much can you actually take so that's one thing you know understanding risk and also another thing that we've seen are this these low interest rate environments right where all of a sudden it's it's tough to find yield mm-hmm. it's tough to find uh, and the feds have decided to it's not even on their on their on their sheet to raise interest rates anytime soon. I so know. we might see a, 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 a time frame where it is just very hard to find yield. So actually more a, inflation tolerant, inflation tolerant. Right. So as a, as an investor where you thought that, you know, going into a fixed income uh, vehicle would provide that yield for you. Well, maybe these next few years, you're not going to find it. So maybe mm-hmm. the only, not say the only way, but one way to revisit and look at, gaining getting some yield is maybe i have to increase my equity exposure uh-huh right maybe for the for the time being i have to look for opportunities elsewhere because i'm just not finding them in the bond market right now and that could be kind of a short term strategy because things could change but i see what you're saying looking at that for now at least uh, for now at least yeah so yeah. so again and then um you know the 4% rule that many people know or, or have heard of before, and that's more of a distribution rule. Mm-hmm. But think about it. If the market is going down 30% and you need income, right? Mm-hmm. Like you need to take five grand from your investment account because that's what, you, that's what you've been doing every month. Mm-hmm. Well, the market is down 30%. Right. And you need to take out that five grand. It's no longer 4% anymore. Exactly. We're taking what you thought was 4%, but now we're taking it off a, of a depreciating asset. So now, as far as investments are concerned, should I have some money that's safe? Uh, and I'm not talking about emergency funds. Should I have some of my investable assets that are shielded from market volatility, in, especially like if I need to pull income from? Fixed index annuity, You are you going there with that? Something looking at some safe vehicle like that? Yeah, that's one of the vehicles that are out there that that gives us the ability to, you know, shield our asset, our retirement assets from market volatility, but mm-hmm. still gives us the opportunity to to, to participate in growth. Mm-hmm. But again, but it's it's the bucketing strategy, right? If right. the market is doing one thing, uh, if the market's going down, you don't want to pull from a depreciating asset. So, do I have another bucket? Do I have someplace else where I can turn to and turn that spigot on to pull income from, letting everything uh, rebound? And then when when the market rebounds, which it always does, I can turn off that spigot and then turn on the other spigot. I love that. That is such smart strategy. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, no so, doubt. So those are the, so, so when you think about you know what twenty twenty has taught us, you know, going back to what you were talking about, uh, the secret, right? Yeah. You can look at it uh, half. Was it glass half full or mm-hmm. half empty? Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, half you, full. That's the way the way I'm trying to see it now. <laughs> <laughs> we can look at twenty twenty and say, and um, yes, it was a it was a gut punch, but maybe this made me stronger. I think right? so. Maybe this made me realize the importance of family. Mm-hmm. Maybe made me realize the port the importance of my health. Yep. Um, time, and also maybe made me realize that I need to 
this is I need to take my fi- I need to take control of my finances and, and and revisit a plan to make sure that if there's another interruption, I'm prepared for it. I think you're dead on on all of that. And so I think in the long run, yes, it will be good that comes from this. Right. Uh, no doubt about it. No doubt about it. Well, we have learned lessons and we. Uh, and, and and I know you've learned lessons in, in how in the strategies now that you will employ. They'll be probably the same foundation of strategies, but you may have to tweak it a little bit. Mm-hmm. You may have learned to tweak it a little bit. You may have learned some strategies that may work better with a tweak or two here after 2020. And that's and that's what we're doing. You know, as, yeah. a, as an advisor, we're constantly learning. We're constantly um, looking at, you know, tax laws and and this this things that have the new data that's presented to us the world is changing your plan should be changing to adapt to the world in front of us right so uh, as an advisor we're staying up to date and making sure that you know our plans are flexible enough to 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 uh, if changes are warranted we can change the plan uh, without going too completely off course right 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 Right. Good conversation. Looking back at 2020, but better yet, looking forward in 2021. That's That's, right. That's That's where we're going. And remember, it's going to be a good year. That's going to be our theme here, 2021. It is going to be a great year. Let's do it. Let's stay focused. Let's stay committed. And let's make 2021 our best year yet. Absolutely. Love it. All right, Mo, um, happy new year once again. And we will, of course, get together very soon and do this all over again. That sounds great, Dave. Thanks for joining me on the ride. And everyone who's listening, if you enjoy us, uh, as always, like, share, rate, um, and spread the word. Please. And the word <laughs> is, it's actually three words. Your finances untangled. Be sure to rate, review, and share this podcast. New episodes of Your Finances Untangled are available on Apple Podcasts or wherever you download your podcasts. Information provided is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute investment, tax, or legal advice. Information has been obtained from sources that are deemed to be reliable, but their accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed. Neither Mo Param nor his guests are liable for the usage of information discussed. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action.